You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. KYW Original Podcasts. Football Friday, week two, football Friday, as the Eagles host the L.A. Rams on Sunday afternoon at Lincoln Financial Field, an empty Lincoln Financial Field, which I certainly want to ask Ray Dininger about, but first get to football with the Hall of Famer Ray Dininger from WIP and NBC Sports Philadelphia. Uh, Ray, this week, Doug defended his aggressiveness from last week that ended up backfiring in the loss to Washington, and Carson Wentz took a lot of questions about him holding on to the ball too long, which has been a problem throughout his entire career. What were your takeaways from Doug's and Carson's comments this week on the problems from last week? Well, I don't, uh, I don't think they broke any new ground there. <laughs> I think every anybody that uh, that watched the game in Washington knows that um, they have some things to fix on the offense, and uh, part of it does part of it does revolve around the quarterback and his propensity to hold the ball way too long and uh, try and force plays down the field that aren't really there. And, you know, some days you can wind up making big plays out of that and you line up looking like a hero and an MVP, which we've seen Carson Wentz be that. But on a day when your offensive line is as beat up as what the Eagles line was on Sunday, and when you're facing a pass rush that's as ferocious as the one down in Washington with those kinds of players, it's a bad combination. And uh, what happened, you saw it once, once Washington got the momentum in that game in the second half, um, the roof just caved in, but uh, the good news is that it's uh, they have another game this week, and you have an opportunity to come back and get your season back on track. So that involves the coach, most certainly involves the quarterback, and hopefully it involves an improved offensive line. And yet that leads to my next question. Uh, they, they are expected to get Lane Johnson back this week. He intends on playing as we see how the week goes on. Uh, Miles Sanders will hopefully, for the Eagles' sake, be back this week. And maybe even Derek Barnett as well on the defensive line. If those three are able to play, Ray, what are your expectations for them? How much will they help this team? Well, they'll certainly help. Um... Johnson's return at right tackle will will help to stabilize the line. Although I have to, I have to say, looking back at the game, the rookie Jack Driscoll actually played really well. Uh, when you when you looked at that offensive line uh, and how badly they got whipped in that game, uh, your first thing you would jump, typically point to would be the, the rookie. You know, making his first start. Uh, and Driscoll honestly was the least of their problems. I mean, I thought he played really well. He played better than Jason Peters, that's for sure. Uh, but. If you can get Lane Johnson back, you want Lane Johnson back. So he'll, so he's going to play this week, and that's going to help. Uh, and and the addition of Sanders is really going to help a lot, because they really couldn't establish any kind of a running game last week. Uh, and uh, I mean, it wasn't totally on Byron Scott and Corey Clement, but partly was. I mean, the teams Washington didn't really feel like they had to respect the run very much. They didn't really think that uh, they were going to get beaten on the ground by those two guys. But you have to respect the ability of Miles Sanders to be a big-time player, and both in the running game and in the passing game, and certainly as a pass protector. I mean, one of the one of the problems everybody pointed their finger at the offensive line last week, and it was all about the offensive line's fault. And I'm, look, I'm not going to tell you they played great, but 
some of those blitzes were really the responsibility of the running backs not coming in and doing their job and blitz pickup. They got a block too. Uh, so getting Sanders back will give you a, will give you more of a running threat. And if you have more of a running threat, if you're the Eagles, hopefully you can rush for more than 50 yards, which is what they rushed for last year. And if you can do that, then you can run some things off of play action, buy your quarterback some time, and move the ball against the Rams defense that, while they have the NFL's best defensive player in Aaron Donald, and I certainly believe that to be true, they're not they're not a great powerhouse on defense. I mean, the Cowboys made some plays last week. Uh, they gave up 380 total yards uh, to the Cowboys last week. So there's there's opportunities to make plays, and the Eagles now have better players out there to try and make them. One of the headlines for this game, Ray, one of the storylines, rather, for this game is Carson Wentz against Jared Goff. They're always going to be attached at the hip because Goff went one and Carson went two in 2016. And if I'm, correct me if I'm mistaken, you thought Goff in 2016 was the better pick than Wentz. But now when you look five years later at their careers, who's had a better career, Carson Wentz or Jared Goff? Well, um, that's a good. That's a good one. I mean, if if you just if you just did it on statistics, if you just looked at the statistics, you would. It's very even. I mean, you know, certain statistics have a little bit of an edge for Goff. Other statistics have a little bit of an edge for Wentz. Wentz is certainly the more runner runnerish of the two. Uh, he's gotten more accomplished with his legs, but that's to be expected. Um, I would say, you know, well, Goff has. Uh, you know, Goff has started in the Super Bowl, didn't play very well and lost, but he has started in the Super Bowl. Um, but I, if if I'm looking at these two guys straight up, and you're right, uh, when they were coming out of school, uh, and I looked at it from the Eagle standpoint, I said, you know, I would take Goff. I, I would. Um, but if I had to, if I had to make that choice right now, I would take Wentz. I think Wentz is the better player. Now, it's tough to make that argument coming off coming off what we saw on Sunday. But I, I but I, I think Wentz is the better player. The reason, the reason, uh, just to explain a little bit why I I made the decision uh, that I did a couple of years ago when they were coming out, was I really I I didn't know I, I liked everything I saw about Wentz when I watched the tape. I really did. I thought he looked really good. But my concern was the level of competition he was playing against at North Dakota State. Um, you know, Goff played in the Pac-12, and he played against big-time competition week in and week out. I knew who he was playing against, so it was easier for me to evaluate how good he was. You know, Wentz was tearing, tearing teams apart out in his conference, but he was playing against a bunch of guys that would never, would never play in the NFL. So it was the evaluation process to me was very hard. So I went with what I kind of trusted based on. Based on my evaluation, I kind of know what went. I kind of know who Goff's played against. He's been really good. I don't know who Wentz has really played against. He's been good, but you know, I think it's a truer test for Goff. So I went with Goff. But if you ask me to make the pick now, I would take Wentz. And I think Goff has played well in stretches, and uh, and he can be when he gets in a groove, when he gets in a rhythm, uh, and he's able to run the play action and the sprint out stuff. He's a very accurate passer. Uh, he really, he really is, and uh, and I think he's a good player. But if I had to choose him right now, I would take I would take Wentz. In addition to Goff's accuracy, what stands out to you about the Los Angeles Rams? Oh boy, Aaron Donald. Um, he's uh, the defensive tackle, number ninety-nine. He's the uh, I think he's the best defensive player in football. I mean, regardless of position, uh, I, I think he's number one. I mean, you can take all your cornerbacks, your linebackers, you can throw them into a pot, but. I would uh, I would take Aaron Donald if I could pick one defensive player in the league to start a team 
uh, he would be it. And uh, and you and you saw it and you saw it again on Sunday night against the Cowboys. The Cowboys have a good offensive line. They have a good offense overall. Uh, but they couldn't do much when Aaron Donald was on the field. When he came out of the game a couple times, they took him out of the game to give him a little bit of a rest. Um, you saw the Cowboys, that was when they removed the ball. <laughs> when Donald was in the game, they couldn't do much with him. Um, he's really good, uh, and he's a ferocious pass rusher, and he plays he plays relentlessly hard, uh, and, and he can take over a game. You know, So the combination of, of him being that good uh, coming up against an Eagles offense and an offensive line right now that's struggling to find an identity. Boy, that's a poisonous combination. And the Eagles, you know, if, if they hope to beat the Rams on Sunday, and I know they do, they have to start. They have to start the first thing. The first order of business is finding a way to slow down Aaron Donald. And that's, I mean, every team can say that, but uh, it's particularly critical for the Eagles coming off the kind of game they're coming off last Sunday. So that's obviously a key matchup that you have in this game Sunday. Find a way to keep Aaron Donald at bay. Don't let him do what the Washington defensive line did to the Eagles last week, because if that happens again, then it probably won't be a good result for the Eagles. What are your other key matchups for Sunday, Ray? Well, I think that um, the other one might be in the, um, in the receiving game, the Rams receiving game and their passing game. Uh, and, uh, and, and it's going to be Cooper Cup. Who's a who's a really good receiver plays a lot in the slot, uh, and is whenever whenever uh, whenever Jared Goff is in trouble and he's looking for a quick outlet, uh, he generally looks to Cooper Cup. And uh, the Eagles have to the Eagles have to account for him. And the fact that he lines up in the slot a lot probably tells you or tells me that I think he's probably going to see a lot of uh, Nickel Roby Coleman, who's the Eagles' new acquisition in their slot defender. What makes this interesting is that Nickel Roby Coleman was was a Ram. I mean, that, that's who he played with, and uh, the Eagles signed him away this off season. And I think he was a good addition for the Eagles. And now he's going up against his former team, uh, and going up against a player in Cooper Cup that he saw every single day in practice. And they probably lined up against each other because of where, where, they, where they use Cup. They probably lined up against each other every single day in practice. Uh, so that's going to be an interesting matchup because now they get out, they actually get out an opportunity to go out there and play it for real. And uh, you know, Goff, uh, you know, Goff when when he gets harried, he doesn't. He uh, last year he threw the ball more than 600 times, which was just ridiculous. And and Coach Sean McVay admitted so. Uh, and he came into this year with the idea that they want to run the ball more, and they did against the Cowboys. They ran it 40 times and ran it pretty effectively. Um, but if they can slow down the run, the Eagles, I mean, uh, and force Goff to throw, get pressure on him, uh, he gets a little he gets a little skittish in the pocket. And uh, when he gets under pressure and he gets a little flustered, he's always looking for Cooper Cup. So one of the things the Eagles are going to have to do is, well, number one, you want to get pressure on Goff. But if you do, then you have to back it up by covering Cup. And I think that with Nickel Roby Coleman, that'll be his responsibility. Uh, this is the Eagles' third meeting against Jared Goff. The previous two were at the L.A. Coliseum. Um, and you talk about trying to make Goff skittish. Something that would have worked very well in the Eagles' favor, Ray, would have been 70,000 screaming fans while the Eagles were on defense to try to make things difficult for Goff. That's not going to be the case on Sunday since no fans are going to be at the game. As the author of three Eagles encyclo- encyclopedias, my first question is, has there ever been a time where an Eagles home game has had 
zero spectators. And a follow-up to that is, how do you think that's going to affect the Birds, who in the Doug Peterson era have played very well at home? How do you think that's going to affect them on Sunday? Well, it's going to be a different atmosphere. There's no question about that. Uh, and to answer your first question, have the Eagles ever played before zero fans? No. Um, close. Back in their early days, back in the 30s, when they were just a, a newly formed team without much of a fan base, and frankly, not much of a team either. <laughs> they played a lot of games with not too many with not too many customers. Uh, there's a famous story about Burt Bell, who was their owner one time. Uh, they played a game down at uh, Old Kennedy Stadium, the, the site of the old Army Navy game, uh, and it poured rain. And uh, there were so few people showed up for the game that they fit them all in the press box. So that'll give you an idea of what kind of a turnout you had that day. But um, not in the modern era. We've never seen anything like this. But it goes across the whole league, and everybody's going to have to adjust to it. Um, some teams will be affected less than others. Uh, I think the Eagles will feel it more than most because I have felt that uh, through, over their history, and certainly in these recent years when they've been a good team, they have had a profound home field advantage. Uh, I, I think it's huge, and the players will tell you that it's huge. And visiting players that had to come in here and try and play in this place will tell you that it was huge, that this was a really tough place for a visiting team to come in and try and steal a game. And you're not going to have that. I mean, you're going to have the stadium, you're going to have the field, you're going to have all those things. You're going to be in a visiting locker room for what that's worth. But when you come out on the field, it's going to be kind of a neutral venue. And then it's going to come down to who plays the best. And uh, the Eagles this week, they have to find a way to be the better team. Well, Ray, uh, I, I look at um, last week, and last week the second half was, was extremely disappointing. The Eagles, it was, I mean, it was a tale of two halves, as Carson said. Uh, I think the uh, return, p- potential likely return of Lane Johnson, Miles Sanders, and Derek Barnett will help. I wonder how sharp they'll be since they haven't played. Um, but especially after that second half last week, I don't know if I can pick the Eagles this week. Um, so I'm going Rams 20-17. to 17. What is your prediction? Um, well, I think you're probably, um, you're probably in step with most people that I've talked to this week. There is, not, there is precious little optimism about the Eagles this week, and I understand it. I mean, that was a, that was a really discouraging performance down in Washington. It really was. Um, but I, I, I still hold to the belief that they're a better team than that. And, uh, and I think they have been generally over the Doug Peterson years, a, a pretty resilient bunch. They generally don't play badly two weeks in a row. And the quarterback doesn't usually play badly two weeks in a row. Um, I think they've had a whole week now to study the film of that mess down in Washington. Uh, I think that they're embarrassed by it. Uh, I think they realize what's being said about them. I think they realize that people are already sort of counting them out and, they're professionals, and they're a team that's not all that far removed from winning a Super Bowl. They have their pride, and uh, I expect that to be on display this week. Are they are they still full strength? Mm, not not quite to where you would like them to be, but they're going to be healthier than they were in Washington. I think there's going to be no question about their motivation. Um, they have a history of playing well against this Rams team. They seem to match up pretty good against this Rams team. They've beaten them twice as you did in L.A., um, and I think they realize this is a really important game. I mean, they, the, the way their schedule lays out, they can't afford to get o, off to an 0-2 start because they've got some really good teams coming not that far down the road. I mean, they've got the 49ers, they've got the Steelers, they've got the Ravens coming up real soon. They need this win. They need to get to 1-1 and kind of kind of right the ship. And uh, I think they understand the stakes, and I think they're going to respond in a big way. So I'm going to 
like you, I see it being a close game, but I'm going to pick the Eagles to come out ahead, and I'm saying 24 to 20. 24 to 20. Ray has the Eagles going one and one, being one and one Monday morning. And Ray, you talked about the urgency of this game, so I'm wondering, do you consider this a must-win? You can, you know, it's it's you know, it's close to it. And I, I normally really roll my eyes and laugh at people that talk about must wins in week two. I mean, it just it just seems sort of silly because we've seen teams come back from 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 zero and two and make the playoffs. We've seen teams come back from zero and two and win Super Bowls. But the reality of the situation is, if you look at the Eagles' schedule, which is very challenging. I mean, it's it's a tough schedule. Um, they can't afford they can't afford to get behind because. Um, and I, I think that I'm, I'm going to stop short of saying it saying it is a quote-unquote must-win, uh, but I think, it's, I think it's critical for them. If they, if they, want, to, if, you know, if they want to be a playoff team, if, even in this expanded playoffs, if they want to be a playoff team, uh, I don't know if they're going to be able to get there after an 0-2 start. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm going to say not quite must with a capital M, but maybe must with a lowercase m. <laughs> All right. Well, I'll take it. Uh, should be a good one. Ray, thank you so much for the time, and I look forward to breaking it down with you Monday morning. I'll talk to you then, David. Take care. Take care, Ray. Hall of Famer Ray Didinger of WIP and NBC Sports Philadelphia. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.